0: Hey, welcome home. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> Just taking a pulse out there. You scared me for a second. All right. Okay. Beth Moore, big hair. Saturday may be there, um, ladies. Um, on the table outside, uh, on that little table as you leave. Uh, if you don't have one of these, please take one. It is says OPG at the top. That stands for Overwhelming Poverty in Gunnison. Um, So what we're doing, basically, uh, I'd ask you to take this with you. It stems from a message that uh, was shared on August 15th. It's on the website. I'd ask you to please listen to it. Not because I preached it uh, particularly well, uh, but because it reflects what God has laid on our hearts. And basically it is this, um, that meeting the needs uh, of the church, uh, we need to take care of. We need to keep the trains running on time and and all that great stuff, but we want to get past that quickly so that we can be about giving everything over and above the budget uh, back into the community to those who are poor and hurting and struggling, and there are plenty of those. So uh, our goal is to raise the budget of the church by the end of October, uh, and then, as I said, every penny over and above that is going back. And we're praying about ways to effectively do that, to communicate the love of Jesus to those who are hurting all around us. Uh, There's a part at the bottom you can tear off. I folded and licked, but it's dry now, so it's safe. Uh, And I'd ask you to return that in the offering plate. This serious stuff, please take one. Good. Um, Next week, huge emphasis on, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about life groups, Uh, what... Uh, some referred to as small groups. Big emphasis. Uh, We are going to have an opportunity for you to sign up for those life groups uh, coming up. Uh, Shree and I are going to launch a couples uh, group a week from Tuesday, but stay with us. Next Sunday, you're going to have a chance to do that. So, so glad you're here. Missed you last week. My heart was here. Um, Thanks for being nice to Paul. That was, that was good. Like, he's our boss. Okay, um, getting started. We like to, from time to time, bring up our purpose statement, remind ourselves what uh, God has called us to as individuals and as a church. So Ryan, if you would do that. And I'd ask you to sit up, clear your throats, and say it loud with me like you mean it to be a growing, relevant family of missionaries who desire to see Western and Gunnison know Jesus Christ. Now, we're in this series we're in this series called No Normal Life, right? No normal life allowed. We don't want anybody at Western or in the town in which we live to live a normal life, but for everybody to have that extraordinary life that Jesus created them to live, to, to have. And so um, we're going to do that. We don't want them settling for a normal life. Um, if you have your Bible, we're going we're gonna to build on that today. I want you to open it to Mark Mark 2. Uh, If you don't have one, there may be one under the seat in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, that's yours to keep. Uh, Take that home with you. Um, If you do have one at home, leave it here for somebody else. Just use it today. Okay, last time we were together, we kicked off, uh, as I mentioned, a four-week series called No Normal Life Allowed. And, And throughout this series, we'll be discovering that Jesus Christ is calling us to an extraordinary, epic unbelievable, radical experience of life and faith and joy and freedom that very few of us ever experience or in fact are even courageous enough to imagine. But in order to do that, we have to rebel. We have to be ready to rebel against the normal, ordinary, muting, deadening life that's all around us. It masquerades as life, but isn't true life. Not in the sense that Jesus is calling us to. And um, this is, we saw that two weeks ago in John 10.10. 10. And Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it Abundantly abundantly and in the verse before in john 10 9 jesus said i am the door if you were with us you remember this i am the door and if anyone enters by me he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture we talked about how that looks like the extraordinary life that that we often talk about but seldom if ever experience and and we're excited uh if you're with us um on the campus, we talked about two weeks ago, walking through the open door, walking through Jesus uh, would put us on the path to beginning to experience that abundant life. And, and it, it was awesome. We had maybe 30 to 40 people who, who walked through that door symbolically uh, entering into that new abundant life in Christ. Now, this week, we're going to take a look at a scripture where people can't get in the door. But that's not going to stop them. We're going to take a look at that, okay? So if you're ready, we're going to read the passage, we're going to pray, and then we're going to study it. Uh, Mark chapter 2, this message is called No Normal Friendships. Okay, picking it up in verse 1. Here we go. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days it it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise up and take your bed. Rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Let's pray. Lord, um, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you receive our praise. We thank you for your presence. Lord, that we might go from this place saying, we never saw anything like this because you have shown yourself to us in a new way. You have broken through roofs. You've broken through walls and barriers that we've had up. Lord, that we would be changed, that I would be changed by your spirit, by your word, by your power. Lord, I ask you to forgive me my sins and I wish they weren't so many. Lord, that we would see you and you only and that you would be glorified during this time. Lord, I would ask that you open eyes and hearts and minds right now and do what only you can do. Transform hearts and save. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, okay. Um, Now we all want some of the same things, Um, some of the same things. We want to have that abundant life, that no normal life allowed that we're talking about. We want to have the life that Jesus created for us and not the one that we have too often settled for. We want to be fully free, fully forgiven, fully alive, and we want that for all of our friends. We want Christ-centered friendships. Um, We want blessing in our lives, but not just only in our lives. We want it in all the lives of the people we know and love. So let's talk about how we get there. Let's, let's go into the text. First verse, here we go. And when he returned to Capernaum, who's he? Who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus. Good answer. Good answer. You got an a nay on the quiz. I know this was a first for some of you. Enjoy it. It may not come again. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was. His reported that he, Jesus, was at home. Jesus is in the house, okay? He's in Capernaum. This is about 20 miles northeast of of Nazareth, and that's where he is in verse two. And many were gathered together. Many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. This is no normal attraction of people. When, When Jesus shows up, people come. When Jesus... Fully God, fully man, God with skin on shows up. People come out in droves. They come out of the woodwork. Crowds assemble. It was not some, uh, he was not some uh, quiet, uh, under the radar kind of God. Okay? He showed up. People flocked to him. Lots of them. Lots of them. And, And it should come as no surprise because in John 12, 32, Jesus said this. And I, speaking of himself, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Now, primarily, what Jesus is talking about is the way that he would die, that he would be lifted up on a cross to be executed in our place where we belonged as our substitute for our sins, his suffering for us, so that we would not have to suffer that. And also he is talking about, that when he is lifted up and focused on and preached and exalted and shown and held forth as the beautiful God, Lord, hero, Savior that he is, that he will draw all people to himself. So, so uh, like the question in a lot of churches is how do you draw a crowd? How do you draw a crowd? You don't need lasers and fog machines and a a disco ball and, and, you know, uh, all that stuff. You need to preach Jesus and lift up Jesus. When Jesus is exalted, he will draw all people to himself. And and some of you are here because of that. Some of you are here. You don't even know why you're here, but you're here and you, you keep coming. You keep coming. Maybe you're not a church person. Maybe you don't even believe he's God, but you're here. You haven't given him your life yet, but you're here. It's because when he is lifted up, he draws all people to himself. Let me explain to you what's happening to you. He wants you. He wants you. He's drawing you to himself. And I got news for you. It's over. It's over for you. It's just a matter of time, baby. You're his. He wants you home in his arms. You're gonna be home in his arms. You may think this is your your life. It ain't your life, it's his. He wants to bring you home and love you back to himself and and release you into this glorious existence in him that we can't know apart from him. So that's what's going on. You can fight it all you want, but um, that's what he does. That's what he does. That's why in this Um, In this church, every week we preach Jesus. We lift up Jesus. You're going to say, well, what are you talking about next week? We're talking about Jesus. Whether we're talking about marriage or relationships or sex or money or friendships or um, whatever it is, we're talking about Jesus. Whatever your question is, the answer is Jesus Christ. He's drawing people to himself. Okay, Um, second part of uh, verse 2. Here we go. There was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. Now, this is very interesting. I just want you to see that. Jesus is preaching the word to them. This is great. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, is the word made flesh, right? He is the embodiment of this. He is the word made flesh. So Jesus is preaching the word to them. Jesus is preaching Jesus to them. Get that? That's a message you want to listen to right? Uh, That's going to be number one download on podcast, like uh, on iTunes this week. You know it is. Verse three, here we go. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Okay, very, very important. What you have here is five guys. One of them is not real good at moving, okay? He's paralyzed. They're five friends, and four of them are carrying the paralyzed one to Jesus, I want you to get this picture, get a, get a picture in your mind of five friends. Four of them are carrying the weakest one to Jesus. Okay, we're gonna be going back to this again and again and again. Four, five friends, four of them carrying the weakest one to Jesus. That's a picture of, of what we're to be as a church. A church. Um, Just in case um, you got a different message somewhere else is not where scrubbed up people who've gotten their lives straight come to be reminded of how much better they are than the people who don't come to church. That's not it. If you're looking for that, you will have no problem finding places, but you don't wanna come here because church is a place where broken people bring broken people to the ultimate savior, okay? And sometimes you're gonna be one of the four. And sometimes you're gonna be the one who can't move unless your friends bring you to Jesus. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna come back to that. Um, these are no normal friends. These are real friends. Now, a, a real friend... Is, is not just somebody who says yes to your friend request on Facebook. It's not just somebody who will answer your text at 2 a.m. on a Monday. Really, why are you doing that? Because it wakes up the husband, whether you know it or not. A real friend is not just the girl who will stay up with you through the wee small hours because your good-for-nothing boyfriend dumped you because he doesn't know what he's got. A good friend will not just be your wingman. A good friend will carry you. A great friend will carry you to Jesus, carrying you. Do you get that? I'm not good at carrying stuff. While we were gone, um, I was not just—we were not just taking Quincy to school, but we were reconnecting with some old friends who um, thought it was a great idea as a vacation to go on a trek, which means walking longer than you m- drive most days, right? <laughs> so we only join them for day one of this trek. You pay a company so you can walk. How brilliant is this? <laughs> Some walking across the Golden Gate Bridge. The winds are like 90 miles an hour, which is a concern for a guy like me who could easily be whisked away. That hurts. <laughs> and I am carrying on my back a pack that has provisions for my wife and myself water, cliff bars, a pastrami sandwich, and some various cookies, essentials for life. Bike, maybe. By mile two, of nine, I'm ready to throw this pack off the Golden Gate Bridge, but I don't because the sign says that's a misdemeanor. (laughs) And we go hiking through the woods of what what was the name of the uh, Sausalito? Don't worry, I, I wore a safety orange vest so that people wouldn't confuse me with a gazelle. So. I didn't even want to carry the, it could happen. I didn't even want to carry the pack that had our provisions in them. Carry a person, carry a person miles and miles because they need to be in front of Jesus Christ. That's a real friend. Verse 4. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd. Now, I, I, could do, uh, I could do a lot on this. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the people who were following Jesus. Okay, I'm going to spare you the rant, but um, just know. Um, sometimes the people who think they're following Jesus are the people who keep away those who truly need him the most. Um, we'll get to that another time. What happened? They couldn't get them there. You know these guys. These guys tried to get in through the door. Come on, come on, can we just please, he's paralyzed. Any of you paralyzed? No, get some room, come on. They wouldn't, right? Second half of verse four. They removed the roof above him and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Um, you see that part where it says they removed the roof above him? That means they ripped the roof up. They tore the roof apart. They tore the roof off the sucker. You isn't that a song? I try to relate to you guys. I try my best. I'm a middle aged guy. That's not easy for me to say. You know. You know this was risky. That's a class one felony in most states. (laughs) They see limitations. There are no limitations. They see a barrier. There are no barriers. They're gonna break through it. It's that important to get their friend face to face with Jesus Christ. And you know there's one of them. There's one of the four that had the idea first. You know what would be cool? You know what would be really awesome? If we ripped the roof off. And there's one of the four who's like the, the most hesitant. No, no. Oh, come on, no. It'll be great, no. I'll take the rap, okay. You know? And if that was to happen today, if that was to happen today, you know the guy with the idea to rip the roof off would be Austin Adams, right there. God bless you, brother. I love you. Yeah. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. These were not normal friends. Now, um, they love their friend. They love the paralyzed guy. They are not going to rest until he gets in front of Jesus. They have not only enough faith for themselves, they have enough faith that Jesus can meet the deepest need of their friend. Now, this is going to be the part that you have to rebel against. And I'm speaking mostly to the guys because the ladies seem to get it a little bit better than we do. Now, especially here in, the, in, the, in this valley. We have this independent spirit. Uh, we're gonna get there all by ourselves. We're gonna pull up our, our bootstraps and it's just you and me, Jesus, and I'm gonna get there. I don't need anybody else. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? That was never the plan. That was never the plan. We need a gospel community. We need a circle of friends outside our family who are going to live beside us, meet with us, eat with us, pray with us, laugh with us, do life with us, do scripture with us, keep us focused on the gospel, keep us sharpened, keep us encouraged, Walk through life with us. A life group, if you will. Because one by one, we're falling apart. And the model is for us not only to experience Jesus, him to us, us to him, but for me to know the Jesus in you and to be fueled and encouraged and blessed by the Jesus in the body of Christ. And, and, and we're not joiners, and we're not, we're not vulnerable, but we have to do it. We have to do it, or else in your paralysis, you, you hold yourself up, and I know because I do it. You will isolate yourself at the precise time when you need Jesus the most, when you need the body of Christ the most. You will isolate yourself and you will not have four people to carry you when you were powerless to the feet of Jesus Christ to be forgiven and healed and set free. And each one of us can tell a story like that. Do you have seven, eight, nine friends who are praying for you every day who are loving you who are doing life with you who are keeping you focused on the gospel who are planning ways to rip off the roof to bring the weakest to him i need that you need that jesus gave that to us let's do away with all i need is my wife and my truck and my gun In my Bible. No. You need a lot more than that. We need us. We need each other. That's the life group that I'm talking about. We have a lot of people who are already plugged into one, and you'll have an opportunity next week. We're going to do stuff, a lot of it online, to get plugged in. Um, But we want everybody. We want everybody in that. Okay? Okay? Why don't you just launch another Bible study? Why? We're gonna study the Bible. We're gonna learn that. But Bible study after Bible study after Bible study ends up with people with these huge heads of knowledge and little tiny hard hearts because there's nobody to do gospel with. Whatever we learn that doesn't translate into life for him through each other, for each other, is just head knowledge. I'm not knocking Bible study. but There's a bunch of people who threw a fit when we didn't have it on Sunday mornings. Well, that had been going on for years and years and years and years and years. And you know what? Those people had greater biblical knowledge and no more knowledge of what's going on in each other's lives or how to unpack the gospel for each other than they did when they started. Now we have many times that many people in life groups but not enough. So, there you go. There you go. These are no, they don't have a normal desire, these friends, to bring their friends to Jesus. They transcended that. They don't see limitations. They see opportunities. They're gonna break through. The family member who has never come to Christ, the, the, the friend that you have that, that, that just can't get there, that, that needs Jesus so much, they don't see obstacles. They see things to be broken through right? We had a guy maybe two, three years ago who came here. His name was Blake. He was a college student. And he got this. He got this. couple of him, he and a, Do you know Blake? You're, you're grinning. No. Okay. Is it because I have something? I'm drooling? Okay. Blake got this. He got this idea. In his dorm, he's going to make um, pancakes, not just any pancakes, like chocolate chip pancakes, blueberry pancakes, bacon pancakes, In his dorm Sunday morning early, and just the smell is waking everybody up. And here's the condition if you want a pancake, you can have it, it's free. You just got to come to church with Blake after you're done eating. A hungry atheist will take him up on that. And you know what? A bunch of them did and a bunch of them came to faith in Christ and were forgiven and set free and given new life because this guy said, I know how to break through the roof. I'm cooking pancakes. It's true, and Jesus saw their faith. He saw the faith that can't just come when you're, when you're just me and you, Jesus There's a faith that gets kindled when we're together, when we're broken together, when we're praying together, when we're doing life together. That love that that the Bible keeps talking about that we don't don't really want to go outside ourselves to experience. There's a faith that Jesus sees there that is possible only when the body of Christ is the body of Christ. And he sees it and he said to his paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. I I just want to point out something here. This guy, whose sins were forgiven, did nothing but bungee through a hole in the roof. Okay? He did nothing. Jesus did it all. Those of you who think you have such a sin debt that you've got to start working it out. You've got to start making it right. You've got to start cleaning it up. And then you can come to church. And then you can come to Jesus. And then you forget about that. The day is today. The offer is now. He did nothing but get dropped in front of him, He forgives his sins. You can see the, 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 the friends might be thinking, wait a minute, Jesus. We, we brought you our paralyzed friend so you can make him stand up and walk and run and play ultimate Frisbee with us. Um, and you forgive him his sins. We were... <laughs> I didn't do that. That was the dog. That wasn't me. You never know. You really never know when you're up here. Don't you see them saying, Jesus, don't you got something better? Don't you have something better than that? Warren Wiersbe rightly said, forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It meets our greatest need. It costs the greatest price, and it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results. But isn't that what we sometimes want, isn't it? We want a Jesus who's going to straighten out our life, um, change our circumstances, ramp up our income, um, change something on the outside, Um, he's going to go to the heart. He's going to go to the heart. And this guy's greatest need was not the fact that he couldn't move. It was the fact that he had unforgiveness. He wasn't right with God. You see, his paralysis would have been an, an incredible burden for him to bear for maybe 50, 60 more years, right, that he's on the earth. But Not being right with God, not having his sins forgiven would be a burden that would crush him not only during his days on the earth, but for eternity. His greatest need was not to be healed of his paralysis. It was to be healed of sin that was paralyzing and killing and destroying his heart. That's true for all of us. It's true for all of us. We're going to wrap it up. Um, There were religious people there, the scribes, Pharisees, verse 6. Let's just take a look. Some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And they're right. They're right. They're wrong to be doubting Jesus, but they're right. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And and here's the deal with sin. Um, Every time you and I do something that is against um, the commands of God, which are to lead us into life, not to rob us of our joy, every time we don't do that... um, We mock another person, we mock God. We abuse another person, we hurt another person, we hurt ourselves, we're actually also hurting God. So we don't only have to seek forgiveness from others, we have to seek forgiveness uh, from God. Because each one of us, and I, I don't even have to know all of us to know that this is true, each one of us, myself included, has committed this sin, which is kind of the root of most all sins which is behaving as if our lives belong to ourselves. That's one of the greatest sins of all, is living as if our lives belong to ourselves. And they don't. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. That price was Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross, for your sins and for mine. In that moment, Jesus purchased you for himself. He purchased me. And even though the cost for you was astronomically high, some of you think you were on the clearance rack. You were not. The price was high. And he says, I've got it covered. I love her. I love him. And if that's what it costs, then that's where I'll go. You and I were bought. With a price. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in the spirit that they questioned within themselves, he said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Now Jesus is always freaking people out because he reads minds. He like says, Why are you thinking that? Jesus could read your mind. Now, that should be frightening for some of you. Some of you are really busted. <laughs> Next week we're looking at no normal thoughts. And and you gotta be here because it could be great. Because When Jesus is Lord of your thought life, you're going to see victory after victory after victory after joy after freedom. Believe me, be here. No normal thoughts next week. It's going to be great. Jesus in verse 9 says this, what is easier? Easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He uses this title, Son of Man. It's used again and again and again in the book of Daniel. It is, it is a title of, of being uh, the Messiah, fully God, fully man, so that you will know, those of you who need an external sign, that I have authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, verse 11, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, go home. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. It's funny, they found room to let him out. They wouldn't find room to let him in. And they were all amazed and glorified God and said, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. How many of us need experience of Jesus that leaves us saying glory to God I have never seen anything like this I do I do no normal life no normal church no normal walk for me if you need that we need to be carried to the foot of Jesus to be healed of our spiritual paralysis, forgiven of all our sins. And we need to be able to experience him in each other. We need to be the friends that say, let's take the weakest of us and carry them, breaking through walls and doors and roofs, whatever it takes to Jesus. Because the one that carries today is the one that is carried tomorrow. That's why we need each other. Jesus, breaking Jesus to Jesus. Does that make sense? We're going to hand out, um, we're going to do a break. Um, I'm going to hand out these index cards. Um, they're not index cards. They—I want you to think about them as a roof tile. Okay? There's a side that's lined, and then there's a side that's blank. Side that's blank. On the side that is lined, I would like you to write those things that you need Jesus to forgive you of, wash clean, so that you can identify with the paralytic, right? What are those things that are holding your heart paralyzed? Your life. Just take one. On the side that is not lying, I'd like you to put a name or names at the top. This is the person or persons that God has placed on your heart that you need to join others in carrying to Jesus. Just those names. And then below it, what you can do to rip the roof off and eliminate the obstacles. Next week, we're going to have an opportunity to, uh, to hook up with small groups, life groups. I encourage you all to take advantage of that. In that, you will see Jesus as you've never seen him, experience him as you've never experienced him, as we do life, do gospel community together. If you don't have a pen, you don't have anything to write with, we've got a bucket there, just raise your hand. They'll get you one. Spend some time responding to God. That You don't have to show that card to anybody. It's just a way for us to listen to the voice of God in our hearts. On the line side, what does Jesus need to forgive you, set you free from, heal you of? And on the other side, who is God calling you to carry to him? And uh, how are you going to rip the roof off? If you need something to write with, raise your hand. We've got a bucket out there. got to need a couple of things here. God bless you. I love you. We're going to have a baptism in a second. That's great celebration. God bless you.